Aleluia! Aleluia! Still the best thing going. Still the best thing going. Mm. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. Thankful for him today. Hallelujah. Mm. Let's take a moment. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Praise him. Oh, I sure don't want to ever fall out of love with him. Not that God out of the Yata Laboshata. Oh. I tell you, when you prayed and sought it and prayed and sought it for so long, when you finally got it, whoo, you appreciate it. I sure would never have to, I wouldn't ever want to have to go through that two years, three months, and 21 days again. If you don't know what that number is, that's the number of days from the day I was baptized till I heard myself speaking in tongues. So I said, well, you probably had it before then. Well, I don't know if I did or not, but it, until I heard myself speaking in other tongues, I wasn't going to be satisfied. That was an agonizing two years, three months, and 21 days. And, uh, but whew, you know, Scripture talks about delay, making the heart sad. And, but when the desire cometh, <laughs> I tell you, for two years, three months, and 21 days, But let me tell you, when, that, when it came, praise God. I'm thankful for it. God's good to us. I got to get going. We'll finish up today, uh, surely not exhausting the subject, but finishing this series anyway on uh, the great I am. And today we will talk about where Jesus proclaimed himself as the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And since he is the good shepherd, watching over us, caring for us, then we can trust him that he will uh, empower us to fulfill his purpose. He will be there with us to make sure that we can accomplish uh, what he wants us to do. One verse of scripture, John 10 and verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Not anybody else. He tells you who he is. I am the good shepherd. And then he tells you his purpose and something that is going to be attributed to only him. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Let's pray for the lesson. Lord, thank you for watching over us that your eyes and ears are always watching, listening, for our cries and our prayers. Thank you for fulfilling your purpose in our life. Thank you for filling us with the Holy Ghost today. Let the Word of God find good ground in our hearts today. Lord, we want to be better. We want to be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Thankful for His Word. And I am thankful that He's watching over me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. He is the good shepherd watching over us, taking care of us. And, and since he is a good shepherd, he's not just, you know, we sing he's a good, good father. He is, and he's good all the time. We know he's good, but he is the good shepherd. And 
and he is uh, one who giveth his life for the sheep. Jesus has a purpose for us to fulfill. He wants us to accomplish uh, what his plans are for the church, and he has uh, delegated that out to us as the body. We are workers together with him. He wants us to be successful. He said there are things that I did that you will do and greater things besides these you will do because I'm going to go away and send the Holy Ghost to dwell inside of you. And so uh, if his word won't return void, that means if we live according to his word, our life will not be void of purpose. He is trying to make sure that we understand that uh, you know, when we talk about uh, how a shepherd will watch over us, the Lord watches over us through his word. If we apply the word of God to our lives, then it's going to be a good life. There's, I, can't, I can teach you a whole another lesson about the benefits of that, but you can read it from the beginning of the book to the end, that if you keep his commandments and follow his word, um, and don't let anybody tell you that you can't keep the word of God because you can keep the word of God. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, this, this new age stuff of, well, just believe and, and everything will be fine. Uh, you know, I can believe a lot of things, but if I don't obey the word of God, it don't benefit me anything. Faith without works is dead. And there's enough scripture that lets me know that I can keep the word of God, that I can live according to the word, or he wouldn't have told me to do so. Why would he say keep my commandments if we couldn't keep them? If you love him, you keep his commandments, and he loves us. But shepherding and, and sheep are a theme that run throughout Scripture from the beginning to the end, Nat more in the natural sense uh, in the early parts of the Old Testament. One of our greatest uh, heroes of faith in the Scripture that we love so dearly. He's a great worshiper, a man after God's own heart. He was the king of Israel, and he was such a, a special king and such a, a great uh, man after God's heart that God declared and made a covenant said they'll never fail a man uh, to, of your lineage to sit on the throne of Israel. Uh, so uh, he, the Lord loved David. David was a great man of God, but he got his uh, start tending his father's sheep. You think about the day that uh, David was sitting out watching, maybe he was playing uh, some music while he was watching the sheep, but he was keeping an eye on them and maybe just meditating on the Lord, and suddenly he gets a call, we need you back to the house. And so he gets somebody to watch the sheep. He goes to the house and finds Samuel and his dad and his brothers all standing outside the house and uh, wondering what's going on, and Samuel pours oil on the head of David and anoints him king of Israel. But David still has time to spend in the fields as a shepherd. He doesn't go right to being the king, but now he goes back to uh, being the shepherd and watching over the flock and taking care uh, of these flocks. And even one day he was watching the flocks and he got another call from his dad. I need you to go check on your brothers. And he went down to see the battle and that's where he met Goliath and slew him and uh, you know, David's fame begins to grow, but uh, David has become a shepherd. When he was anointed king, he was anointed really a shepherd over God's people. 
he would be that a king was not just going to be somebody to rule them, but he was going to protect them and guide them and make sure they were provided for. He was going to now be a shepherd for uh, God's people. Uh, you read uh, through the scriptures that uh, there's a rich, long-standing heritage of shepherding in the scripture. Even the first family, this tradition uh, began with Adam and Eve. Although his sibling Cain was a farmer, Abel, it says, was a keeper of sheep. Many of the patriarchs were likewise shepherds. Abraham kept large flocks of sheep and other grazing animals. His son Isaac followed in his footsteps. Esau was a hunter. Uh, Isaac's son Jacob, he tended animals, including a 21-year period overseeing the flocks of his uncle Laban. Jacob's wife, Rachel, was a shepherdess, and Jacob met her at the village well after watering her father's sheep. This nomadic and pastoral lifestyle continued for many generations. Knowing the Egyptians', Egyptians strong dislike for shepherding, Joseph counseled his family to tell Pharaoh that their occupation was to take care of animals. And this would ensure that they would be sent to live in Goshen, which was located a considerable distance from the Egyptians. Moses, the Israelites' future deliverer from Egypt, tended his father-in-law's flocks in the desert of Midian. Moreover, their future sovereign king David began life as a humble shepherd and rose to prominence as Israel's anointed leader. In Psalm 78, uh, verses 70 through 72, uh, it actually talks about the Lord's call on this young man's life. He chose also as his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the ewes, great with young, he brought him to feed Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. And then many years later, God would also call Amos from uh, tending sheep to serve as a powerful prophet to Israel. You know, God was calling people who already had uh, some kind kind of idea of what it was like to watch over things that were important, things that were, uh, th- that were instrumental in their daily life. And, and so uh, these people were shepherds. They, they knew how to lead. They knew how to care for. They knew how to protect and, and how to uh, read their flocks. You, know, you, you don't just keep a, a herd of animals and not learn to recognize when they're uneasy or when they're uh, distracted or when they're in fear, you know, uh, you learn to read the signs of the people and, and understand I need to be on the lookout because something may be coming, something may be about to uh, attack these these sheep. You know, they can smell, they can hear, and this microphone's driving me crazy. Oh, but being a shepherd was a challenging vocation. It wasn't just something that was easy. You, you know, we think of David, well, he's kicked back, getting a suntan, playing his harp and while the sheep just graze and everything's fine. He's got to constantly be looking because there are animals who are hungry for sheep. We read about how he said God delivered a lion and a bear uh, when they came in to take a lamb out of the flock and he was able to deliver that that lamb from that lion and from that bear. And so he knew that there was always going to be a predator. And so uh, it wasn't, you know, they didn't have rifles with scopes where they could shoot that animal from 
200 yards and not have to get up close. They had to take what they had and, and get close enough to hit that animal and strike that animal and in danger of their own lives, you know, fight a lion and a bear. I'm just going to tell you, if I've got a big flock of sheep and I see a big lion carrying one off, uh, it's going to be hard for me to run up and jump on a lion because I know he's probably already about killed that sheep. That's naturally. Uh, so if you don't want to protect and take care of it, shepherding wasn't for you. You need to find another occupation. Fishing, you know, <laughs> something that uh, doesn't, uh, I don't have to fight something that could eat me. So you realize that people that take those kind of jobs are, you know, in it for uh, the right reasons. This is what they love. This is what they want to do. And so this way of life was hard. They worked in dangerous conditions. The climate wasn't always great, you know, being out in the weather like they would be, um, knowing that you had to find water or food for these animals. It could uh, bring a lot of stress. And so uh, Jacob, he would complain to Laban about the harsh realities that he had faced while he took care of all of Laban's animals. Shepherds had to be on top of their game, always alert, constantly aware of their surroundings and the needs of the sheep. And this responsibility typically offered very little in the way of excitement. It was anything, but it was anything but boring. And so uh, I guess, you know, while you're sitting there daydreaming and you hear a lion roar or a bear growling, you know, well, it's time to do something. The shepherd had to be ready at a moment's notice to defend the flock as hungry, savage animals drew close. The imagery of a shepherd serves uh, as a metaphor for God's special love and care for his people because God was always and is always looking out for his people. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers and their cries. He's always that strong tower that the righteous run into. The Bible says he is a very present help in time of trouble um, that uh, I can call on the Lord and he will hear me. We know these scriptures. We've read them uh, many times. We know that God is for us, and if God be for us, who can be against us? He's always taking care of us with mercy and compassion, uh, and he shows this through the scripture. Uh, he heeded the distressed cries of the Israelites when they were crying out in Egypt. He delivered them from slavery, as we read in Exodus. He navigated his flock through rough terrain. He fed them, directed them to sources of water. He protected them from all their adversaries. Uh, Israel's foes, whom the Lord soundly defeated, uh, included the Amalekites, the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Bashanites. Uh, God also easily outwitted the Moabite king Balak, uh, his deceitful prophet Balaam and their treacherous schemes. Um, he turned the curse into a blessing uh, for Israel. The Lord truly saved. Psalm 106 and 10 says, The Lord saved his people from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. I'm thankful we have someone who is watching over us. God will take care of you and defend you uh, from your enemies. The Lord rescued many heroes of the faith. When you read uh, Hebrews chapter 11, you have to realize that these people are experiencing what they did, all the victories, uh, the things that were given back to them because of the Lord. He rescued them, and he uh, 
the Lord rescued many heroes of faith who in turn referred to God as their shepherd. Uh, Jacob sent his son Joseph, who was a shepherd, to find and report on his brothers. Well, we know that his brothers uh, conceived a, a, a plan to uh, tell their father that he must have been destroyed or devoured by a wild animal. They took his coat back with blood. They sold Joseph into slavery, and Joseph suffered many things uh, over the years, he was thrown into the dungeons. He was lied on, and many things happened to him. But God was with him every step of the way. Even in the prisons, God would bless his hand. And the jailer realized everything this guy does is a blessing. God's blessing him, so he was taken care of. God was always watching out for him and protecting him, kept him alive until finally Joseph becomes number two in the land of Egypt because he, uh, God is using him to save people from a great famine and and at the end of it, when Jacob was about to, to pass away and leave this life and he was declaring things over his sons, in Genesis 49 and 24, this is what he said about Joseph, that Joseph's bow abode in strength and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. And so we know that uh, he's not calling Joseph a shepherd. He's, he's calling the Lord the shepherd. He said, the God of Jacob, he said, from thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Well, we know that Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And so he's prophesying even then that this God that watched over his son Joseph and kept him alive all those years and then used him to save many people alive, it was because of the shepherd. The, uh, the Lord faithfully steered David through many harrowing times of discouragement, intrigue, and relentless plots to end his life. David needed the Lord's God and presence to encourage him, direct his course, shield him from enemies, and provide sustenance. And David frequently conveyed his gratitude for the Lord's ongoing role as his shepherd. We know uh, in Psalm 23, which is probably the most quoted psalm, I guess, that there is, uh, what David said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I've said this before that... Uh, this relationship between you and God, understanding that he is your shepherd is one of the most important revelations that you'll ever get. Understanding that there is somebody to take care of you, to lead you and guide you. And if he's leading, that means he's ahead of you and you, he's giving you something to follow. We need to make sure that we are not uh, sheep going astray because sheep like to stray. But the Lord wants us to follow his lead. And he wants us to understand that as long as you're doing that, I'm going to take you to still waters. I'm going to put you in green pastures. You'll always have this rod and staff. I'm going to take you through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't have to be afraid. My rod and staff will comfort you. You know that I'm there for you. And when you realize that I have got a God 
that is not somewhere so far off that he can't hear me and he's not, you know, just uh, sitting around waiting on something to happen so he can come back. But daily he is watching over his people. Daily he is involved with his people. And, and it just at the sound of their voice when they cry out, when they cry out to him and when they reach up to him, they, he's right there to supply needs and, and comfort them and take care of them. That's why Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. I'm not going to just leave you on your own. I'm going to make sure that you are provided for. He is that shepherd. God has always been taking care of his people. Got to have that great shepherd. And so... Uh, we can't get uh, offended by it, but if he is our shepherd, then that makes us sheep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Might as well go ahead and sing like a sheep. We are his sheep. It's, it is uh, an example, a metaphor that he uses all through Scripture. Um, in Psalm 79 and 13, it says, So we, thy people, and sheep, of thy pasture will give thee thanks forever. We will show forth thy praise to all generations. And so we are his people, but we are sheep. Now, it's popular in this world today to say, oh, don't, don't be a sheep. Because they, they, when they're talking about political things and governmental things, they, oh, you, it, you, you just go along with it because you're just sheep. Well, let me tell you something. I don't care about all the world stuff, but when it comes to this book, yeah, I'm a sheep, and I'm going to follow this book, and it don't make me weak, it don't make me brainwashed, uh, it might cause people to call you a fanatic or, or whatever, but uh, let me tell you, call me what you want to, I am his sheep, and I'm glad about it. Don't start talking about he's your great shepherd if you're afraid to take on the role of a sheep. That I will follow him. That I will allow him to protect me. That I will allow him to lead me, feed me, give me drink. We have already talked about earlier in our lessons how Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And if, and if we will come to him, we'll never hunger or thirst. Uh, that goes hand in hand with him making the statement, I am the good shepherd. I will feed you. I will water you. I will take care of you. I'm going to make sure that you're okay in this uh, walk of life. So we thy people and sheep of thy pasture will give thee thanks forever. I'm going to always be praising the Lord and thanking him. And I'm thankful that I am uh, one of his flock. Uh, and I, or in Psalm 95 and 7, he says again, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand today, if you will hear his voice. Jesus said in one place that my sheep know my voice. We've got to listen to the voice of the Lord. And you may not always hear an audible voice. I do believe that our God speaks, and I do believe you can hear the voice of the Lord. But uh, on the days that you don't hear that audible voice whispering in your ear, right here you go. Right here in this book, today, if you will hear his voice, what's the word say to me today? What's it telling me today? Which way should I walk today? Where do I feed at today? Where do I find my protection at today? It's in this book. He's going to always take care of us. And today, if you will hear his voice, it goes on to say, harden not your heart. Don't, hey, oh, I don't like this. I don't like this pastor i don't like this scripture i don't like it if it's his voice can you see that sheep 
that, that shepherd leading his sheep, and they're like, man, I hate going down this trail. Oh, I don't like this field. You want to eat? You want to be all right? Or you want to stay up here by yourself? I want to go with him. And it may not always be agreeable to my flesh. And it might not always be agreeable to my, uh, to, to my idea of what's, where I ought to be going. But let me tell you something. He knows where to lead you. He knows where to feed you. He knows where to water you. He knows where you're going to be protected. I think I'll stay with him. And I sure am not going to go outside of the scripture. I'm not going to read that and go, hmm, that don't fit my lifestyle. I think I'll just X that one out. And I'll jump on find one that I can twist around and make it. And I can salt it a little bit and season it a little bit so it'll, it'll, it'll fit my life. You can't do it. You've got to follow the voice of the Lord. In Psalm 103, finally, uh, we hear again, Know ye that the Lord, he's God. He's God. I'm not. You're not. We're not as a body. The Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us, not we ourselves. And we are his people, and we are the sheep of his pasture. Can't get away from it. That's all right with me. I don't mind being a sheep. I'll follow the Lord anywhere. He started off his uh, called his disciples with two words, follow me. Because not only was he their master, he was their shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And so the imagery of sheep serves as a, a very apt metaphor for God's people. It's, uh, it's proven over and over in the scripture. There are a lot more scriptures than this uh, talking about us being the sheep of his pasture. But here's the thing about sheep. We are vulnerable creatures. We lack a clear sense of the surrounding terrain. Uh, they frequently do not know where they are going. Come on now. Oh, Lord, what are you doing in my life? That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. We're following. He, he's not turning around saying, okay, we're going to go down here. We're going to make a left. We're going to go this way. Then we're going to go 400 feet that way. We're going to cut. Just follow me. So you're walking by faith. You're following him. And so... Uh, that's what he's, he's trying to let us know. We don't always know. Very rarely do we know until it's over with what God is doing. On their own, sheep are incapable of navigating very far to locate suitable pasture, water, and shelter. They frequently lose their way and wander off. They have virtually no way to defend themselves, and they are easy prey, uh, and sometimes they require rescuing. Sheep desperately need a caring shepherd. They are totally dependent on their kind overseer's care and protection. They long for soothing, uh, the soothing, reassuring voice of their master. Without a shepherd, sheep scatter. And that's Bible, 1 Kings 22 and 17. We know if they smite the shepherd, then the sheep will be scattered. And, and so without a shepherd, the sheep are just left to their own devices, and they will die because they will split up. They will end up becoming prey for animals that can just pick them off one at a time. That's why it's so important to stay with the flock. Yeah, that's why it's so important to stay with the flock. Uh, you can't live for God just out somewhere by yourself. You can believe in God, do that, but you're going to have a hard time surviving on your own. You need your church. We're workers together, 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 together. So we must remember that. And so we're sheep together. And so 
uh, at times, the Lord's people may think they know the way ahead on their own, but they are profoundly mistaken. Occasionally, we may foolishly believe that we can fend for ourselves, but without God, we are all lost sheep wandering aimlessly about in dire straits. But with God, we have life, salvation, and purpose. I don't want to ever lose my desire for his loving presence and his guiding hand. I don't want to ever feel the hand of the Lord on my shoulder and be like, I can do this. I don't want to ever shrug him off. Lead me, guide me, protect me, carry me, whatever you got to do. But just don't let me be lost and let, don't let me be out from under your care. And the Lord reigns supreme as the chief shepherd. Peter said this in 1 Peter 5 and 4 that he was the chief shepherd. Um, but he has appointed under shepherds to help tend his flock. He entrusted direct care of his people to anointed human leadership in 1 Chronicles 17 and 6. It tells us that. And then uh, when the Lord informed Moses that he would soon die, Moses knew that the people cannot be without a shepherd, without a leader. He knew they had God, but he knew that they needed somebody they could look to. And he said he prayed that the Lord would grant Israel a much-needed replacement uh, to direct them into the promised land. And in Numbers 27 and 16 and 17, he said, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation which may go out before them which may go in before them, which may lead them out, and which may bring them in, in the congregation of the Lord, or that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep which have no shepherd. Now we know that we've always got God, but we need the, the shepherd in this life. It's, this is the part that gets hard for me to talk about because I always feel like people say, hey, you just patting your own back. You're blowing your own horn. But I'm telling you, I needed my pastor. And I need the men of God who speak into my life now that uh, I can be accountable to. And uh, you're not going to make it without a preacher and a pastor in your life. God chose the foolishness of preaching. In Ephesians 4, it said, and God gave that, that fivefold ministry. And in that ministry is the ministry of pastors uh, for the perfecting of the saints so that they can be complete and not blown about with every wind of doctrine. You need a shepherd to ground you. If you're listening to other people more than you're listening to your shepherd, you're going to wind up in trouble. Yep. You'll start talking about your shepherd. You'll start saying, he's not anointed. He's not called. You better be careful about people who say, you know, your pastor's preaching stuff that really you don't have to do. I know what I'm talking about. I, I'm not new to this. I've been around a while. And I'm not just trying to spook people into staying in, in this church right here. I'm telling you, you listen to what I'm saying. You want to find yourself on the backside of the wilderness with nobody looking out for you. Ignore the man of God in your life, and that's where you'll wind up. Because you'll be left to your own devices trying to figure out where can I feed, where can I drink. Mm. I didn't know you was going to be mean this morning, Pastor. I'm not mean. If you know me, you know that. I know, but I do know what I know. And I know that a pastor's job sometimes is to take that, that long stick with that hook on it and grab them sheep. You think that feels... 
Come on. It'll get your attention. <laughs> Sometimes a preacher's got to get your attention and remind you, hey, this is, this is the way we're going. And so uh, in Jeremiah 3 and 15, the Lord said that he has supplied pastors according to his heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Fittingly, the term pastor closely relates to the words for sheep and shepherding. A pastor is someone, therefore, who serves as a trusted guide and a guardian to God's precious people. Now, that does not mean that pastors and men cannot go wrong. Because when you read in Israel's history, you will see that many times uh, there were leaders who lost sight of the chief shepherd. The under-shepherd's got to keep his eyes on the chief shepherd. And uh, sometimes that uh, you read the scripture that these shepherds failed in their God-given role as stewards. And sometimes it was with disastrous spiritual results. Jeremiah 10 and 21 says, For the shepherds have become dull-hearted. And have not sought the Lord. Therefore they shall not prosper and all their flocks shall be scattered. It is so vitally important for any man that God has appointed as a shepherd. Or especially in the ministry. But especially as a pastor. That he does not stop seeking God's word. That he doesn't start seeking God's direction for his church. Because if he stops seeking the Lord. There's no prosperity and the flock will be scattered. Some shepherds turn out to be just hirelings in disguise, uh, carrying out their roles with, with impure motives and abandoning their flocks at the first sign of trouble. But even when he was at fault, David sought the welfare of his people, requesting that the Lord would not punish them for his sin. But many kings who followed David did not devote themselves wholly in service to God and his people like David did. During Jeremiah's time, the safekeeping of God's flock sunk to a new low, for the leadership had scattered and driven them away. The chief shepherd was not pleased with these undependable cowards and imposters, and he would hold his under-shepherds fully accountable. We talked about earlier in the lesson that shepherding was not a role that you wanted to take on very lightly because of the requirements that, that are there. You step into a, a church and say, hey, I'm going to pastor some people. Then you better be ready to answer to the Lord. Because you will answer for every word you preach and every word you don't preach. You will answer for, uh, did you warn them? The scripture says that if God gives a word and you don't warn the people because, ooh, that's going to be hard. And that will really run a lot of people off. And they uh, are lost because you didn't preach it. The blood is required at your hand. So don't think that, well, oh, I'm going to be a pastor so I can sleep late and eat fried chicken and play golf all the time. Because it ain't like that. There's a lot of, of mental and spiritual and emotional uh, battles that you go through because you, you love the people you're preaching to, so you're trying to make sure you're taking care of them. You know, nobody ever wanted to take their kids when they were little to the doctor when they knew they were going to have to get a shot. Couldn't stand to watch them stick my kids with a needle. I couldn't stand it, but it was needed. And let me tell you, there's some things that I sometimes, I know that this is going to sting when I preach it, but I cannot not preach it. Because uh, I tell you this, Jesus never held back on anybody. So we can't either. But we need to make sure that the people know that we love them and that this is 
the reason that I preach this and the reason I say these things is because I love you and I want to see you better. I want to see you taken care of and protected. And so that didn't happen a lot of times in Israel's day. The kings would get away from their purpose and they would uh, worship false idols and different things. And it was a, a terrible time oftentimes for God's people. But the Lord, seeing this deplorable state of affairs, he warned the prophets and they told of a dawning of a new messianic age in which the righteous shepherd from the bloodline of David would arise to care for God's flock. I'm thankful that he had a plan all along. And then uh, the comforting news was that in the person of Jesus, God would now come and visit his people and oversee his people. In Isaiah 40 and 11, it says, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Under the Messiah, God's people would have one shepherd over them to feed them and tend to their needs. Fittingly, at Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, the city of David, there were devoted shepherds who were in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And the presence of these shepherds prefigured the role of Jesus as his people's trustworthy shepherd. During his ministry, Israel's leadership had once again failed in their pastoral duties. And as a result, God's people had fainted and were scattered abroad <clears throat> as sheep having no shepherd. That's what the Lord said in Matthew nine thirty six. Many of Israel's leaders turned out to be ruthless predators. Instead of caring for the fold, they became thieves, robbers, and hirelings who cared more about their own advancement and prestige than caring for their God-given commission. But Jesus was not like them, and he was no ordinary caretaker. The scripture says in John 10 and 9 that uh, he was the door. He said, I am the door of the sheep. I'm thankful for the door today. I'm thankful for the door of the sheep. And unlike his uh, Contemporaries who were more concerned about their own welfare when the enemy would attack. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But he said, I am the good shepherd and I give my life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not, he sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and he flees. The wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. The hireling will flee because he is a hireling and he cares not for the sheep, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep, and I am known of mine. It's not only that he knows us, but we know him. He said, my sheep will know my voice. It's not enough just for him to know us. He knows everybody. But we need to know him. We need to know what our shepherd expects of us. Well, if you don't read his word or if you don't pray his word, if you, if you don't sit and, and follow the design that he has laid out, you'll never know what that shepherd wants. You won't really know him at all. And he designed uh, a church, and he designed the way things are laid out and so that we would be able to be protected, not just by our great shepherd, but by uh, our watchman on the wall, so to speak, our, our under-shepherd, the one that's keeping this flock, watching over this flock together. It's... it's it's a tough spot to be in sometimes because, you know, there's so many relationships that you have to work out in this world. It's tough sometimes when you are a husband, yet you pastor your wife. 
It's a, it's a t- or when you have kids, you're a dad, but you pastor your kids, or you pastor your mom, or you pastor your in-laws and your sisters and things. It's, it's tough because they're your family, but you still have to remember that you're a pastor as well. And so you can't skip over things for family or friends. Oh, I may, well, look, you got to, look, I'm good with God. You're my buddy, so you're good. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. It don't work like that. It ain't no favoritism like that. Well, they're close to, you know, hey, God, just cut them a little break right now. You got to preach it to, to, to everybody, no matter what their relationship is to you. You have to stay with what, you got to keep giving them sheep food. Can't feed sheep goats food. <laughs> you need to make sure that you are feeding them the sheep food, and make sure you are taking care of them and watching out for them. And even it's tough sometimes. People that are close to you, when you have to look at them, and say, "I don't really think you should do that." Who are you? You just, you just my, you know, cousin or whatever. Well, yeah, but I'm also your pastor, and so I love you and. I don't want to see you go by the wayside. I don't want to see you lost. I don't want to see you struggling. I want to see you be okay. So, uh, again, if you, whenever you start, if anybody ever tries to say, oh, pastors, they don't do nothing, thank you. I hope you'll take up for your pastor and say, oh, you need, you need to know what a pastor does and understand what he has to face and what he has to, to do. And, and that's why he can't do it on his own. If he's not listening to the Lord, then it, it, it'll never prosper. It won't last. It won't, it'll, it'll never stand. Honey, you can come on to the music. So I'm thankful that Jesus was no ordinary caretaker. I love that he said that my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And then he said, and I give unto them eternal life. I want that eternal life. They should never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them to me, is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. If you need to know a reminder of who your shepherd is, he's the I am. This whole series we've talked about, Jesus Christ, the I am. The same I am that told Moses, go get my people. That I am. I and my Father are one. There's not another. And so I'm thankful for uh, our shepherd today. The author of Hebrews referred to Jesus as the great shepherd of the sheep in Hebrews 13 and 20. It says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. He wasn't just the Lamb of God. He was the great shepherd of the sheep and I'm thankful for his protection always and every day I'm thankful that he hasn't handed this off or subcontracted it out but he's the one taking care of things God is watching over us the God that created all things I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help and my help comes from the Lord that made the heavens and the earth so I'm thankful today that uh Like Job said, one day I'm going to see him in my flesh and not another. I'm not going to be looking around trying to pick out three. I'll just be able to look right and see one and know that's the only one.
praise God. Let's stand together this morning, lift our hands to the Lord, and, and thank God for our shepherd this morning, for that great shepherd that gives his life for the sheep. Thankful for Jesus this morning. Lord, we thank you for being our great shepherd today and for being willing to lay your life down. Lord, we're thankful for the peace and comfort that you give, for the leadership that you give, for providing for us, Lord, that you lead us beside still waters and into green pastures. Lord, we thank you for it today. We thank you that you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies, Lord. And God, today we just want to follow you more closely than ever before. Lord, we want to make sure that we are listening so that we can hear your voice. Follow you all the way into eternal life. We praise you for it today. We thank you for your goodness. We bless your name today, Lord. We love you. Keep us now in the fear of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. What a great God. Thankful for the great shepherd today. God's good to us, so I appreciate knowing who he is. And he's more than just uh, my miracle worker. But every day with him is a miracle. The protection he provides. The fact that we woke up again this morning. Just another miracle of the Lord. Thankful for it today. So good to us. Uh, we'll have uh, pre-service prayer. So don't forget that uh, we're trying to focus on that a little more. So they'll have the music on. And uh, So if you can find a place to pray before the next service, we'd appreciate that. And just looking forward to God doing some great things. God bless you.